Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast, featuring the Donovan Frito Show. Huge congratulations. Uh, I'll go football over football for a second. Huge congratulations to Inter Miami. I was at their game last night. They collected the second victory in franchise history, 2-1 over Atlanta United. And so, Frito, something I wanted to ask you about because, you know, I, I was at the, the MLS game last night. Mm-hmm. I was following scores, though, around, you know, NBA playoffs. You had a, a game six between Boston and Toronto. I was following following some Major League Baseball scores as well during the soccer game. And I noticed that the team that plays, you know, a few blocks away from the Slam Radio Studios, the Miami Marlins, 29 to nine. Was that the final score beating 29 to nine? How the hell does that happen? And you would know this better than me, Frito. Is that is that a record for runs scored? It's a National League record, I believe. The the all-time record was 30 runs back in 2007 or 8. I don't remember who they scored it against, but the Texas Rangers scored 30 runs. 29 have been scored a couple of other times, so they tied the uh, for the second most runs. I, I don't believe it. I don't watch any of the game. I'm be honest with you. I'm not watching the Marlins games. And, um, <laughs> and a friend of mine tweeted out, Something about the Marlins allowing 29 runs. And I thought he was just kidding around. Wow. So just in case, I went, to, I went to look up the score. I'm like, oh, my God. And I've got to look. One guy went up 12 runs in two and two-thirds innings. I've got to look up and see what his ERA was. I mean, his I was ERA, about to ask you. That, that, that's obviously Don Mattingly says to him, look, you just got to take this one for the team. It's going to look horrible. Just, just do it. Just do, we'll, we'll be grateful to you. Just. We, we need innings. We need you to do something. And, but I mean, you know, it's like in the seventh inning, the, one of the Braves, Adam Duval, hit his third homer of the game, a grand slam. I mean, at that point, Brian Snicker, the manager, you know, it's not like he can prevent the guy from hitting a grand slam. He just got to look over across the field of Mattingly and go, sorry, bro. What do you want to <laughs> strike out on purpose? I mean, oh don't God. throw it over the plate. I mean, there's got to be some sympathy. But, that is you know, unbelievable. 29 runs. That's just, I mean, that's my God. And it's, I think the night before that, the Marlins shut the Braves out. Um, oh, really? Yeah. But I mean, I, look, I've, I've used to cover Major League Baseball for many, many years. I've seen, you know, hundreds and thousands of games. And I've seen, I've seen games where, you know, the team took a beating, but never that bad. I just wonder had the coronavirus not been here and I've been covering games, what that clubhouse must've been like. It just mm. it must've been mor- it was horrible, just morose. I mean, just, and, and that's where it's tough for being a reporter. What, I mean, what do you ask, you know? So does anything good come out of this game? You know, I just, I mean, yeah. it's just, you, you do your best to be polite, you know? Right. Well, at least you didn't let up 13 runs, right? You know, you, you didn't let up the all-time record, you know? So it's just this, but 29 runs, that's just, I mean, that's just, there's no other word. It's embarrassing. It's absolutely embarrassing. God bless the Marlins, though, for helping us get ready for football being back by losing by what looks more like a, a football score yeah, than a baseball you know, score. I mean, it's like the last touchdown the Braves went for the two-point conversion and got it. Yeah, seriously. Oh, man. And so uh, I'm sure, Frito, you'll be paying a lot of attention to Chiefs-Texans tonight. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to have my, my, attention, my attention will be more than divided because I'm going to be focusing on college football tonight with the Miami Hurricanes hosting UAB. Uh, I, I, I'm just hoping Miami can 
if not blow them out, at least put together a nice dominant performance because I'm, I'm coming off a six and seven year for my Canes where they embarrassed me down the stretch of last season. They've got a new quarterback in De'Eric King, who's mm-hmm. one of the more hyped up quarterbacks in the country, really the perfect guy to run that spread offense. So, uh, you know, Miami o- only favored by about two touchdowns against UAB. So I think some people saw that, hey, they lost to Louisiana Tech in the bowl game. They got shut out. They lost to FIU last year. You know, they had a, a way closer than it should have been game against Central Michigan that maybe Miami is not, you know, a sure thing against non-Power 5 opponents the way that they used to be. So uh, I'm cautiously optimistic that that we get a good performance tonight. And, you know, Frito, we were talking about something before the show that there will be up to 13,000 fans in attendance at Hard Rock Stadium tonight which is, it's a little bit surreal to think about that. And, and I'm, I'm going to be part of the broadcast, but I'm actually going to be broadcasting from home. Uh, their broadcasters will not even be in the stadium tonight. They're trying to keep as, as few personnel in the stadium as possible this evening. But I mean, a month ago, I really didn't think there was going to be any college football. That, you know, obviously the Big Ten and the Pac-12 decided very early to cancel their seasons and they're changing their minds by the way but they made a very early decision to cancel football for the fall I, I thought it was only a matter of time before you know the ACC the SEC the Big 12 and, and some of the smaller some of the other small conferences because some did cancel but I thought more would follow suit when you know in fact in fact they're going forward and uh, and there will be fans at the stadium up to 13,000 20 percent capacity at Hard Rock Stadium but Frito these are going to be the diehards of the diehards, because here, here's what you're not allowed to do at the stadium tonight or all season long at Miami Hurricanes games uh, or Dolphin games for that matter. No tailgating, okay? And no alcohol sales during the game. Um, fans will have to wear masks in the stands as they should for the entire game. So, like, this is not the usual experience because so many of the great Canes fans that I know who love going to games, a huge part of that is tailgating three, four hours before the game even starts, you know, continuing some of those uh, good times with the alcohol during the game, high-fiving, hugging, things you can't do this year. So, I mean, credit, I'm I'm so happy that there are going to be 13,000 people there tonight, but it's not going to be the normal stadium experience for college football fans. If you were a fan, would you go and you had tickets? I would um, only because there, there's, I mean, and, and I'm, 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 I've never been the type Frito because, like, I, I'm a real sports fan. I don't want to toot my own horn. It sounds a little, sounds a little snobby to say, but I know you are as well. Where it's like, I'm not just there for the party. Like, I'm because I, I know some people who could care less about, you know, they root for the team, but they could care less about what happens in the game because they're really there to hang out with their friends and socialize and stuff. Like. I love watching teams play in person. Like I, I was so thankful to be able to be at the Inter Miami game last night and, and watch mm-hmm. a team play in a stadium in person. There's such a thrill to that. So personally, I would go because I'm not really the type to get wasted during games anyway. So I, I, I wouldn't really have an issue with it. But I know a lot of people go there more for the party than for the football. Yeah, you know what? I mean, you and I are in, you know, completely different in terms of you know, uh, at risk we are, you know, you're, you're in, you're younger, you're in good shape. I'm, you know, overweight. So I'm at high risk. I, I wouldn't risk that going It's just not worth it to me. I mean, you, you know, you, it just, I, I know people are going to be spread out, but what if you want to say a hot dog, would you feel safe go to a, a concession stand and someone handing you something 
even if they're wearing gloves or a guy throws you a hot dog for he's a vendor walking around. I don't even know if they're going to have that. Um, you know, I think they're going to they're, they're going to deliver to your seat because they don't want people standing in lines. So you're, yeah. I, I think you're going to order through because they have a smartphone app like for vending or, or, or a okay. website you can order on your phone. So you order and I think they bring it out to your seat is the way they're doing and, it. You know, and, and I don't mean to be crude here, but you got to have somebody monitoring the bathrooms. I mean, I, you know, we've all been to bathrooms, those sporting events. You're like sardines in there. You're packed. You can't have that. You've got to have just a few people at a time, uh, you know, go in there and just, you know, you're going to miss some of the game. And um, I mean, I'm glad if, if, if this brings a sense of normalcy, I'm glad I still, and, and this is, I, I don't mean to sound pessimistic. I'd be surprised if college football, even pro football finished the seasons. I mean, I you're, you're talking about guys in a scrum you know, if, if running back runs up the middle, you know, he's running behind center. He's running if he's in the A-gap between a guard and a center, and you've got defensive linemen there, you've got linebackers converging on him, maybe even a, a safety or two if he, if he can read the run real quick. And, and you know, you got guys, eight, ten guys there, and if he fumbles, everybody's going to dive into the pile. I feel very unsafe there. And all it takes is one guy, one guy who's maybe asymptomatic and doesn't show anything and is allowed to play – Right. And bam. And, and I mean, I wonder what say, uh, you know, let's say, you know, UM has four players that test positive, you know, but they've been in the same locker room as these guys. They've been in, you know, the same, you know, they've, they've been around these guys in meetings and whatever. I don't know how they're conducting their meetings. Does UM shut down football? What if, what if a team in the NFL suddenly tests positive? What, what do they get? Obviously they're, they're contingency plans. There must be you know, a book about a mile thick. If, if A happens, we'll do B. Um, but I'd be very surprised. I mean, I hope I'm wrong. I mean, look at the NBA. They, I don't know if they've had a positive test in, in, a, in a month or more than that. They, they're, they're, in a bubble. they're in a bubble. Yeah. Um, football isn't. And, and I just, I wonder how it's going to uh, be. I hope I'm wrong. I mean, I want this season to, to go all the way, you know, and then, and I want the football you know, widows to be there. You know, this is, I told my daughters, this is, this past Sunday was the last Sunday without football yeah. until February. I love saying that every year. And then they just look at me like, oh God, my, I'll, I'll say a funny <laughs> thing. They're like, oh no, we're losing dad till February. My mother-in-law, who I, I love dearly, she's great. I mean, she, she's, you know, until this coronavirus, she's been our nanny. She's helped out tremendously with the girls. And, and at her age, she's turning 86 on Sunday. Oh, wow. And she's Good still got her. the energy of someone 40 years younger than she does. Awesome. And, oh, she's incredible. And it's her birthday Sunday. And all she wants is a tea, you know, with my, her daughters and her granddaughters, which are my kids and all that. And she's going to have a tea. And I'm like, one, I ain't going to a tea. No. Two, it's football. I'm not missing yeah. football. You know? You tell I'll, them, Frito. I'll, I'll send her flowers. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's about it. I'm not going to high tea with my pinky finger up. And missing the NFL, it's just it, it ain't gonna happen. Yeah, because high tea is like a, it could be a several hours long affair, right? I think I, I've done high tea twice in my life, and it was two of the worst experiences of my entire life. I did when I was like 14 years old. I was with my family on a summer trip uh, to Europe. We were in London, and we did high tea at Hyde Park, and mm -hmm. I, I literally wanted to be anywhere else in the world. It was so, I mean, a 14, what? like, what do I care about your Darjeeling tea? I'm 14 years old. <laughs> I'm in a tea house for three hours. Get me the hell out of here. And then the other one, my wife took me to a high tea at like, uh, 
at a restaurant uh, like uh, it was probably 10 years ago or so. And it was like three hours there. You're drinking your stupid teas with your pink. In Miami here? Uh, no, it was in Orlando. Oh, okay. Because uh, w- when, we, when we first started, uh, we knew each other in college. But when we first started dating like 10, 11 years ago, she was living in Orlando. And so it was like this high tea. They they served these like tiny miniature sandwiches that all had like weird right. stuff. It was it was one of the worst experiences in my life, Rito. So I don't envy that. If COVID wasn't here, my wife and I were talking about taking our kids to this this past summer uh, to London and Paris. Obviously, those plans were were, were yeah. We didn't even, we didn't even get into the planning stage uh, because of that. But and we if Jackie go if we end up going to London, she wants to take the girls to a high tea, and I promise you. This is what I'll do. Look, I'll meet you outside in three hours or whatever. I'm going to the nearest pub. Please yep. put your foot down. Do that. You're you're so right. Go to the go to the pub. Hang out. And I know you. You'll make some friends there at that pub. Oh, you're, Jackie you're a said really I, friendly guy. Yeah. I'm a social guy. Jackie said I can talk to anybody. And within five minutes, I'll be talking to somebody. <laughs> so. Oh man. That is so cool. So we, we have a lot more to come on this episode of Dono and Frito. We're with you till one o'clock today here on Sirius XM channel 145 Slam Radio. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Man, I love my kids so much. I once sat for three hours in the cold rain to watch her soccer team lose by 18 goals. I love my kids so much, I once used a tube to suck snot out of a stuffed nose at 3 a.m. You win. Love your kids? Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat. From toddlers to tweens, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to find the right seat for their age and size. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and whatever, just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. We'll be back with the Dono and Frito Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. And then I'd have one more question for him. Did you take steroids? Hold on. Did you take steroids? Why, how can I but do all would, of that and then not ask him? But why would you do that? He's not going to answer that question. Why would you answer such a question? Why not? I'm asking him. I bet you he answers the other two very nicely of without course. a problem. Yeah, so why can't he answer the last up. one? He's going to hang up on us. Why can't he answer the last one? Hang up on us. Just tell me no, he didn't. I'm giving him an opportunity for me to no longer judge this based on what I heard from one person in the New York Times. I don't want to believe it. He didn't take steroids. He platanos. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. It's important for you to talk to someone about it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, we'll figure it out. 
When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. If it wasn't for Michael Jordan getting cut from his ninth grade basketball team, he wouldn't have became Michael Jordan. <laughs> you know, if it wasn't for, uh, I seen an, an article the other day where they were talking about Oprah Winfrey and how she got fired because she wasn't good for television. You know, you got people like Walt Disney who got fired, if I'm not mistaken, from a newspaper saying he had no imagination. So what do you tell them? You tell them, you know? You know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you got to take those losses. You got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs, in order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, you know, this is what it's all about. And not only that, it's never about making it, guys. It's always about maintaining it. That's the toughest part. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. This is WWE Superstar The Big Show, and you're listening to Slam Radio. And now we're back with the Donovan Frito Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Yeah, that music can only mean one thing. The NFL is back, baby. And a lot of what we said about college football applies. I mean, there were certainly times over the last few months when we were unsure if the NFL would be able to start on time. And I agree with everything Frito said in the previous segment, that there still is the uncertainty that we'll be able to continue and finish the season because obviously in a very physical close contact sport the concerns of a COVID-19 spread uh, are always going to be there but Frito nothing will stop the Thursday night opener tonight between the Chiefs and the Texans your excitement level for that tonight is what oh huge because they're both good teams I mean the, look at the quarterbacks and you, know, you know who's dying because of this Dono is Bears fans because the Bears and I'll tell you why this ties in. The Bears had the number three pick back in that year's draft. It was, this is their fourth year, so 17, 18, 19. So it was 2017. And they had the number three pick. And um, they traded up. They gave a King's ransom to move up to number two to pick Mitch Trubisky. Oh, they thought what, an awful, pick what an awful move that was. And, oh. and behind, the, behind that, they picked Trubisky number two. Number 10 was some guy named Mahomes. And number 12 was some guy. Watson. Oh. I mean, it's just and, and not, not only do they not pick those guys, and they picked Trubisky, who was fighting for his quarterback life against Nick Foles yeah. uh, in Bears camp this year, and he, he won the job. But I'm sure it's a short leash. But they got to see these guys. Like that could have been our guy. And you know, I remember reading a story when Mahomes, I guess, was in college, and he was like a sophomore, and. Andy Reid walked into the office of the then head of college scouting. His name is Brett Beach, who's now the GM of the Chiefs. He was director of college scouting then. And he's like, you know, what are you watching? And he said, our ne- this is when he was a sophomore. Mm-hmm. He goes, our next quarterback, our franchise quarterback. Wow. He just saw something in that guy wow. 
And they traded up from like number 27 to 10 or something like that to get Patrick Mahomes. And, and look what he's done. I mean, he started one game behind Alex Smith, who's amazing. That's an amazing story. We've got to get into sometime. Alex Smith had that two years ago, that horrific broken leg. He is now back with Washington. He had 17 surgeries. Oh and he's now 17? On 17. And wow. he's on the active roster. And amazing. But he, he learned behind Alex Smith. Good guy to learn from. Yeah. You know, a very consistent guy. Not spectacular. Mahomes started one game, one game in his in his first year in the NFL, and then of course took over. They traded Alex Smith, and all he did that year was throw fifty touchdowns and be the MVP. And the next year, which was the last year, you know, win a Super Bowl and be the Super Bowl MVP, and it, you know, signed a, a contract worth like I, I can't remember what the guaranteed was. It was one hundred and forty or something. It was it was a ridiculous amount of money, and he deserves it. And Deshaun Watson just signed a new deal with a ton of guaranteed money. I mean. Look, I love the NFL. I do. But when you have young, especially quarterbacks, you know, you, you feel like the league is in good hands. And, yeah. and look at Lamar Jackson, what he did. His sophomore campaign last year, he was the unanimous MVP. And, and you just you, you love seeing – I do. And, and next year, look, we're going to have Trevor Lawrence come into the league next year. I, just, I love seeing when quarterbacks, like, carry their team. So it's going to be an exciting game. One guy I hope is healthy – because he always seems to be hurt as J.J. Watt. I just I want I this guy to be a monster on defense. He's a future Hall of Famer. He's already he's like 26, 27 years old. He's already been a three-time defensive player of the year. I, you know, I, I, I can't wait for this game tonight. Just two quality teams. I like what you're saying, though, about the quarterback landscape in the NFL, because you have the future of the league with guys like Mahomes and Watson, mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson, potentially, because he's spectacular. Oh my God. But then, but then still in the league, you have Tom Brady now with a mm-hmm. very potent Bucks offense. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that team, I, I I'm not guaranteeing that they, that they win anything this year, but they are built in win now mode. Like they are trying to win a Super Bowl this year with all the weapons that they have playing with Tom Brady. You have Drew Brees at over 40 with a team full of weapons you have you know philip rivers is still trying to win something in this league i believe he's over 40 as well so you have the last stand and the last ride for quarterbacks like that and then you also have patrick mahomes who now is in his early 20s and has already won a super bowl trying to get another and people like deshaun watson and lamar jackson so this is really cool because you have like you have like baby boomers against gen z guys now at quarterback with the way this is breaking down it's fantastic and we didn't even talk. You and I were obviously based in Miami, and he's not starting yet. He will to a Tagovailoa, yep. and look what 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 he can do now. You know, people freaked out yesterday because the injury report comes out on the first one comes out on Wednesdays, and he was on there with presumably the same hip injury. All it said was hip. You hope it's not right. a different hip. <laughs> right. You hope it's yeah. the same one. <laughs> and you know, people, I just I just want to just exhale. If they felt it was really serious, they would have kept Josh Rosen on the roster. They didn't. Yeah. He's now on the practice squad of, uh, of Tampa Bay. Yeah. Fun. I, you know, I haven't covered the NFL for years. You see this injury report and anybody can access it. It's not like it's a private thing. Um, you see these come out every Wednesday. They start Wednesday. They have, they come out on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And for years, now, years, Tom Brady was on every injury report. All it said was probable because of a shoulder. It, it was that all the time. I mean, for years, it, it might not have even existed, but Belichick insisted on on putting him on the injury report. Don't worry about Tua. Now, maybe he's – if he was that limited, 
they wouldn't have him as the only backup on the roster. That's, that's but he's, you, you know, you look at, at the touch that guy has and the intelligence that guy has, and I, I think it's smart enough to start him right away. I really do. And he's learning behind a professor, a Harvard-educated professor in Ryan Fitzpatrick, I think, who recognizes that he's just the placeholder until Tua gets ready. I think he's the perfect guy to learn behind. So let Tua get educated when they feel he can come in. He'll come in and he'll start. I don't think it's going to be next year. I think at some point that the Brian Flores will hand the ball off to Tua and say, all right, this is now your team. And uh, But, you know, he's just added to that list that we just said of young guys that you think can carry the league. And to me, that's just, that's just thrilling to see young, great quarterback play. Just take it. They're, they're, they're taking the handoff, and they're going to take it for years. And, you know, 10 years from now, they'll hand it off. Or 15 years from now, to a group of younger guys. So much potential for Tua. I mean, anyone who ever watched him extensively at Alabama, anyone who covered him, you really will not find anyone who scouts or covers this game who has a bad or negative thing to say about Tua except for the injury concerns. That's the only thing. That's the only thing. Now, you know, clearly uh, Joe Burrow had a fantastic season last year. Fantastic. And that's another one. Like he, he had – you know, statistics-wise, arguably the greatest season in college football history last was, year. Yeah. Yeah. And yet, I, and I don't know how you feel about this, Frito, but I, I still think that despite, like, the one incredible, incredible year that Burrow had last year at LSU, if Tua didn't have his injury issues with, with the hip and, and the ankles, um, I had, had, had he been – healthy last year despite the year that Burrow had I think if Tua had been healthy he probably would have been the number one pick because I think Tua still I I think just mechanics wise and football wise is maybe the slightly better prospect but I agree that the injury issues are what puts Burrow over the top that's interesting I would love to talk to an NFL scout or someone in college scouting you know and and see that's a great question where and I, I guess it depends on the team's need and certain teams you know, can look at the same two guys. You might have 10 teams say, I take Burrow, and, and 10 say, I'll take, you know, Tua. Um, and, it, you know, it depends on how they evaluate it. But that's a fascinating question. If Tua had been completely healthy, Burrow, I can't see anybody winning the, the Heisman over Burrow. I just can't. Now with the season he had last year, it was, I think it was statistically the greatest college football um, season ever for a, a quarterback. And yet Tua might have gone, uh, number one, that, that's, I, I'd love to just talk to somebody and see how, uh, they would have evaluated that. That's a, again, you might've had different answers based on different scouts, but that's a, I think it's a fascinating question. We'll never know the answer to that. Yeah. Months ago, I, I did ask a few different people about it and, and I, I don't think, uh, I don't think I had the same answer unanimously. Uh, I think it was, it was a little bit split. Now, one, one of the, uh, for, for those who were in the pro Tua camp, one of the common answers was that Tua would have been, if not for the injury, would have been a higher pick primarily because there was a larger body of work because Burrow really only flashed for the one season because he was mm-hmm. you know, a, a rather pedestrian quarterback in the years prior to 2019 when he just jumped off every possible page. So there may be a little bit more concern where at least Tua Tungo-Vailoa showed it for the better part of three seasons where Burrow gave you the most incredible season ever, but just one year. So is there any fluke factor to that? It's hard to say for sure. They said, had Burrow come out after his junior season, 
at, at LSU, he would have been probably a fifth round pick. And then all of a sudden right. he goes not only the first round, but the, the, the number one pick overall, but that's another guy I forgot, you know, and, and um, now he's being thrown right in. He's being thrown. You're, you're our starter. I don't blame him. I mean, uh, Andy Dalton is now a backup with, uh, you know, a starter for many years in Cincinnati, many, many years. And he's now a backup to Dak Prescott in, uh, you know, in Dallas. So I think it's smart to throw him in. And, you know, it, it, in terms of like fantasy stuff, I was going to look to try the draft. Not so much A.J. Green. I can't trust him to stay healthy. He's a, no. when healthy. He's great. But I was looking at Tyler Boyd. I uh, was really hoping to get him because, you know, maybe they have a good, you know, not as my number one receiver, but, you know, thinking, well, he's got a good, great quarterback uh, in, uh, you know, in Burrow or potentially a great quarterback uh, in, uh, in Burrow. Well, and I wanted to ask you, because you mentioned fantasy. I mean, the, you and I both get so excited this time of year because it's not only the start of the NFL season tonight, it's the start of the fantasy football season tonight. And I've got all my eggs in one basket this year, Frito. This is uh, the first time probably since, I want to say, 04 that I've only been in one fantasy league. You know, I, I limited my time and resources due to the pandemic. I didn't want to throw as much money into fantasy football this year. So I'm only in one league, uh, the league I've been in since uh, I've been in a league with these guys since I think 2008. So this is like the 12th, 12th or 13th year together. Uh, as far as this evening goes, I do have Deshaun Watson going tonight. So I'm hoping okay. for, I'm hoping for many, many fantasy points this evening. Uh, I, I don't really know how I feel about it. I think my team looks fine. Uh, I, my head is still spinning because we do an auction draft in this league, which I hate. I love regular format draft the auction thing i think i wait i, I spent frito 81 dollars of my 200 dollars budget on christian mccaffrey in the first round because i saw wow. really, so i don't know if i overpaid for him or, or i'm happy i have him but did i overpay for him i don't know man but but how you feel about your fantasy season how long real quick how long does it take to auction off of mccaffrey since he's obviously the, the top coveted player okay well, the bidding starts at mccaffrey from start to finish how long does that take um, not long. We're probably 60 seconds. Like, it, oh, it that's pretty, it? Yeah. Oh, oh, because like the, 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 bid, the bids came in fast and furious. And the funny thing about the way the auction draft works is part of the strategy for auction draft is so, so you do have a draft order, right? So it's, it's kind of like, so I had the fifth pick, but it's really the fifth spot to nominate a player. So, so when your turn comes up, you're, you're obviously not picking, but you nominate a player to bid on. So it's not like a, if, it, if this was a regular draft, McCaffrey would have been the first player taken, but he was actually the fourth player nominated. Okay. So because you may not necessarily nominate the next best player on the board, you might want to throw people off by nominating like a mid round guy to see if anybody overbids for that player to, so there's like a strategy that goes into this. So you, you may, you may nominate a guy with the third overall pick who really should be a third round pick because you want to see if you can fool someone into bidding way too much money to buy that player. So even though McCaffrey is, is pretty much the consensus number one pick in fantasy drafts, I think he was the fourth or the fifth guy nominated and then the bidding got really hot and heavy. So you just, all you do, Frito, to place a bid is you press a button, just a, a button, you, you click a button on your mouse and you can either increase the bid by $1 or you can manually type in an amount you want to bid on that player. So for, for I don't know, 60 to 70 seconds, it's just going bing, 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 bing. The bids are going up for McCaffrey. And then once the final bid is placed, they run down like a 10 second clock where you can either let the clock run down or you can place another bid. And once I bid 81, 
once I, you know, I, I upped the bid from somebody else's $80 bid to my $81 bid, that was when the other 11 guys in my league decided too rich for my blood and I got him. Why? Well, I, I, would another strategy I've never done an auction. I really don't want to do one. If I felt I wanted to siphon some money from another guy, I, I might, let's say I was the fifth guy and, and, and I, I really want a McCaffrey. I might nominate Saquon Barkley just to, Somebody's going to bid a ton for him, and then he'll probably he'll be out on McCaffrey. He'll be done. He that's one fewer guy, one less guy you have to worry about is someone who's bid on Ezekiel and 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 Saquon and 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 you know Alvin Kamara. You get these guys off the board, and then you have less competition for a guy like McCaffrey. Is that a strategy? Yeah. Yes. In fact, uh, Saquon was nominated before McCaffrey. I think he ended up going for I don't know maybe around. 60 to 65 bucks i can't remember all all the fine i mean mccaffrey was the most expensive player right. in the draft as he should be i think saquon was probably somewhere in the 60s but yeah he, he was he was nominated and bought before mccaffrey well our league has some really dumb people we got to go to break now but we come back it's just, every year you just sit there and you scratch your head like what the bleep are you thinking when you're drafting and i love these people because they pick stupidly and more players fall to the rest of us I love it. We'll get to that more next year on the Dono and Frito Show. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Man, I love my kids so much. I once sat for three hours in the cold rain to watch her soccer team lose by 18 goals. I love my kids so much. I once used a tube to suck snot out of her stuffed nose at 3 a.m. You win. Love your kids? Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat. From toddlers to tweens, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to find the right seat for their age and size. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and whatever, just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. We'll be back with the Dono and Frito Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. And then I'd have one more question for him. Did you take steroids? Hold on. Did you take steroids? Why, how can I but do all would, of that and then not ask him? But why would you do that? He's not going to answer that question. Why would you answer such a question? Why not? I'm asking him. I bet you he answers the other two very nicely of without course. a problem. Yeah, so why can't he answer the last up. one? He's going to hang up on us. Why can't he answer the last one? He's going to hang up on us. Just tell me no, he didn't. I'm giving him an opportunity for me to no longer judge this based on what I heard from one person in the New York Times because I don't want to believe it. He didn't take steroids. He ate platanos. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. 
it's important for you to talk to someone about it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. If it wasn't for Michael Jordan getting cut from his ninth grade basketball team, he wouldn't have became Michael Jordan. <laughs> you know, if it wasn't for, uh, I seen an, an article the other day where they were talking about Oprah Winfrey and how she got fired because she wasn't good for television. You know, you got people like Walt Disney who got fired, if I'm not mistaken, from a newspaper saying he had no imagination. So what do you tell them? You tell them, you know? You know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you got to take those losses. You got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, you know, this is what it's all about. And not only that, it's never about making it, guys. It's always about maintaining it. That's the toughest part. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. This is WWE Superstar The Big Show, and you're listening to Slam Radio. And now we're back with the Donovan Frito Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. <laughs> so, so, Frito, you, you requested tubular bells this is the exorcist theme you got to explain to me why you requested this because when i hear this song it gives me nightmares going back <laughs> decades because i don't remember how old i was i was definitely younger than 10 when my parents let me watch this movie for the first time and i don't know they let why you watch they... that when you were younger than yes. 10 i was oh like my god they threw, they, threw, they threw you into the deep end of the pool didn't they my god yeah, I was like Holy nine God. or ten years old. This movie scared the living daylights out of me. I don't think I slept right for weeks after I saw this movie. Yeah, the, the, well, the last rejoin had all these uh, bells on it. And I thought when I hear that, uh, you know, an instrumental like that with bells, I think it's tubular bells. So I asked Frank during the break, any chance you could find this song? And he did right away. And they played tubular bells. I, I, I was probably in my late teens when I saw that. I would never let the kids. Uh, see it this early. Well, let me tell you a quick story. And, and this is an embarrassing story because this movie is so benign right now. It's nothing. It's absolutely nothing. But you've seen Saturday Night Fever, I'm sure, right, with Travolta? Yeah, years ago. Yeah, but I've and seen and, it, yeah. and I, I was on a double date. I was 16, and the movie was, I think, rated R, so you had to be 17 to get in. And I was on a double date, and my folks were with another couple, and they went and saw the movie, unbeknownst to me. And um, as they walked out, they said, well, we're not going to let Josh see this movie. And not 10 seconds later, bam, we run into them. And, and they, they're like, what are you doing here? And they knew I was, you know, a year underage. And, yeah. and I'm like, stop. And I just whisper, stop embarrassing me. You're cramping oh, my style. No. Not that I had a style or anything like that. <laughs> but I'm like, just leave me the bleep alone. I didn't say the word bleep, but... I mean, just leave me alone. Come on, you're embarrassing the hell out of me. And even now, it's such a benign movie. What's the big deal? I mean, it's yeah. just, it's nothing. But uh, Exorcist was a frightening movie. It really was. So to this it, day, it, it's still for- <laughs> it, It's funny. So, so you, you piqued my interest before the break when you mentioned people making dumb moves in fantasy yeah. football because it, it got me thinking, Frito, about 
you know, the draft that I had on Monday. And I'm thinking to myself, I can't remember anyone making like a ridiculous pick, but then it reminded me of the, the line. I think it was from the movie rounders that if you can't spot the sucker at the table, you're the sucker. And so (laughs) it's making me wonder if I can't think of someone who made any ridiculous picks, maybe me paying 81 bucks for Christian McCaffrey. Maybe that was, maybe that was the one from my draft. I don't know, but, but what what were your experiences from your fantasy draft? People aren't going to say this was enormously ridiculous. This, to me, was just overdrafting. He's a quality guy. I, I would not have drafted Mahomes or Jackson until at least late in the second round. I just felt I could get other guys yeah. a better value with other quarterbacks. Mahomes went number four, which was a surprising thing. Wow. O- Odell Beckham went number six overall. I was shocked. The first receiver off the board was Odell Beckham. That is shocking. And I see that, and I'm like, oh, this is beautiful, because now better guys you know, are falling our way because some more. By the way, I, I, I hate to interrupt you, but I, I have to when you say the name Odell Beckham. I can't really say anything, but did, did, you, did you see why he was trending on Twitter this week? I know there was some story with him. I can't remember what it was. <laughs> well, okay. I'm not going to ask you to do it now, but your homework assignment – during the upcoming commercial break will be, okay. and I can't even, I can't even talk about it on the air because the, the, this is more than R rated, but the reason why okay. Odell Beckham was trending on Twitter, uh, you're, you're going to chuckle a little bit. Uh, let me just say it's, it's pretty appropriate that he plays for the Browns. Oh, uh, is this like that. a Nige Davenport story or something like that? A little bit weirder okay. than that, but okay. you're, you're, wow. you're thinking on the right track, but go yeah, ahead. Weirder than that. Well, you know, it, it, I, I did probably 50, 75 or more mock drafts. I just, I did it all the time. And it's funny because I wake up in the middle of the night. I can't get, every night, I can't get back to sleep. I go downstairs, I watch TV. But in the last few weeks, three in the morning, I'm doing mock drafts on CBS wow. Showtime. And, and, and people were up then. And so I was prepared for pretty much anything. And it lists, among other things, on CBS Sportsline, the default ranking, what they rank as, you know, these these everything from one to 200 or whatever. But all of a sudden, the day of the draft, those default rankings changed. And number 21 overall was the Niners defense. I'm like, where did this come from? It, you, you, you don't draft a defense till the most everybody till the end of the draft. And this is 21st overall. So someone was following this. And all of a sudden, I, didn't, I, I think I drafted a defense and it was the Chiefs one, not a good one, but I don't want to draft a defense before then. I think in the, uh, we had 15 rounds, I think at round 12 or 13, maybe, maybe even further than that. But all of a sudden with the, where am I here? Round, uh, round four. So the 33rd overall pick was the Niners defense. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. That's ridiculous. And five picks later was the bills. I'm like, Oh, this is beautiful. What? I mean, now because so we get better players and, and, the, and that means better players are falling to us. I'm like, who are these? These morons, like, you got to be kidding me. And I, I'm thinking, enjoy last place, fellas, because you're going to be looking up at everybody else uh, for the season. And there's just really stupid things. I will say that the, the, the only guy I really reach for, and, uh, you know, CBS Sportsline sent out, sends out this computerized evaluation of everybody's draft, and they, they said this was a bad move on my part. But I, I've targeted this guy. I want, and I'm expecting him to be Lamar Jackson 2.0. But it is a second year. I think it, I, I targeted Kyler Murray. I really wanted hmm. Kyler Murray. That's the guy I really, really target. I got Carson Wentz. This is a weird thing. He's my backup quarterback. He had every website 
says this week in particular, pick Wentz. So I'm benching really? Kyler Murray. Yeah. Wow. I am benching Kyler Murray for this week. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I won't bore everybody with all my picks, but I think I got a very good uh, draft. But, you know, you just these stupid people. You see, like, what are you picking a defense in the fourth round? You know, you need other players. You need wide receivers. You need, <laughs> excuse me, you, know, you need a quarter, uh, uh, running backs. And you're picking a defense? You're, you're, you're idiotic. I rarely ever prioritize a defense anywhere more earlier than like the final three rounds. And I know that right. a lot of times people will say that if I want to get the best defense, I've got to get it in the middle of the draft. I've never seen it going like the fourth round or what was it? The third or fourth round you said, or the fourth, fourth round. I, I've never, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen a defense go that early, but sometimes people will reach a little bit to try and get the quote unquote best defense. But I mean, Frito, for me, like I always wait till late in the draft. And then it's very common for me throughout a season, unless I've just stumbled into an elite defense that's carrying me, I'll, I'll, I'll swap out defenses often through free agency because I, cause I, I know my matchups. Because exactly. so, so often throughout the year, you may have, an, you may see on free agency, waiver wire, whatever, an average defense, but they have an incredible matchup, right? Like, for example, early in the season last year, when the Miami Dolphins were terrible, like throughout the first five games, yeah. you know, if, if I saw whatever defense was going up against the Dolphins before they figured things out, I would go grab that defense because mm -hmm. I knew I'm guaranteed to feast. So I, I'm not going to take a defense in the fourth round and get stuck with them all year long. I'm going to be picking defenses based on matchups throughout the year. I, I do that all the time. I don't mean, have the Chiefs defense, I, you know, maybe by week two. I, I, I even thought about doing it tonight. Uh, you know, I swap out uh, the Chiefs defense. I okay, who's the worst offense in, in the league this year? Yeah. You know, it's tough not having a week one under your belt, but who's the worst offense? All right, the, are the, the team they're playing, uh, you know, are, are, is their defense available? Bam, if it's not, I pick it. Now, the thing with our league is every move you make, every ad drop you make costs five bucks. So, See, I've been in a league like that before. The, the league okay. I'm in now, all free moves. So oh, wow. I'll, make, I'll make as many moves as I need to make. But I know what you're saying. With the $5 moves, you have to be very conscientious yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah. So, but I'll do that with defenses. I'll, I'll switch constantly. You know, and maybe then I was thinking, boy, it'd be great to have a consistent defense, like the Steelers or something, whatever the, whatever the case may be. But, uh, no, I don't mind switching. I'd rather have, you know, in the fourth round, me pick somebody else. than uh, now I'm thinking who I picked. You know, in the in the fourth round, uh, who did I pick? I picked uh, Calvin Ridley, who I think is going to have a spectacular year, third year receiver with uh, with Atlanta. And uh, yeah, you know, you know I, I I wanted to get him in my auction, but at, at the time, like at the time uh, that he was nominated, like he, he ended up, I had like a circus. I had already spent huge money on McCaffrey, eighty one bucks. By that point, I had already spent twenty eight on Deshaun Watson, who's my starting quarterback. So I. I remember thinking I'm willing to bid up to 30 bucks for Calvin Ridley, but it ended up going to like 35, 36 bucks. So I just, I, I couldn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's another guy I targeted. And, uh, you know, some guys I wanted, I, Josh Jacobs, who I think is going to have a spectacular year. Yeah. He, no way he came close to, to me. So, you know, some young guys I really want. I did get Joe Mixon. I think he's going to have a, you know, and Saquon, I was second overall. So I got Saquon, you know, I was going to pick him. Uh, no matter, I just hope he stays healthy because he got hurt last year or something. That's the you thing. Know, like, if you have guys that you know, like, get your top picks and they get hurt early, you're screwed. You're you're, oh, you're, you're done before you start.
And, you know, one of the more uh, – I'm looking at my my roster right now for you. One of the more interesting pickups that I made, and I got him for pretty low money towards the middle, late rounds of the draft. I think I, I got him for like 10, 11 bucks, but my backup quarterback is Tom Brady. So, I mean and, – and historically, historically, Brady not usually a great fantasy quarterback for, for, for the better part of his time in New England, except for, you know, he was an elite fantasy quarterback – in 2007 with the Randy Moss year, like, you know, Brady was putting up ridiculous numbers that year. Um, obviously twilight of his career. He may be the greatest of all time, not usually a great fantasy quarterback, but I'm very intrigued by Brady this year, Frito with all the weapons that he has in Tampa Bay. Like I, you know, I'm not going to start him this week because obviously I'm starting Deshaun Watson tonight, but I- I'm eager to watch Brady throughout the year to see what kind of numbers he puts up with that Buccaneers offense. Cause I mean, that's a team specifically on that side of the football that's built to try to win a Super Bowl this year. Well, yeah, I think Evans is dinged up a little bit. Mike Evans, I'm not sure the extent of that. But you're at Evans when he's healthy. You've got Chris yeah. Godwin when he's healthy. Uh, I, I'm not putting any stock in Rob Gronkowski. I don't know. You know, I, I'm, I'm not even sure if he was drafted. Maybe at the very, very end of the draft. Uh, you know, on one hand, you say, well, he hasn't been healthy in so long. On the other hand, you say, well, you know, a year off, probably his body feels great. Uh, so I'm a I adopted a wait and see on uh, on Gronk, but you know he does have some some uh, some very good weapons, and now he's got Leonard Fournette along with uh, who's the other one? Is it Ronald Jones? Um, yes. As you know, in, in the backfield, I don't know how much you know activity Fournette's going to get, uh, but you know he does have uh, weapons behind him. Look, I'm a Cowboys fan. I want the Cowboys to make it to the Super. I want the Cowboys to win the Super Bowl, but if they can't, and I don't think this will happen. But part of you would love to see a, a Tampa Bay New England Super Bowl where Brady goes up against Belichick, and that would be I mean they know fun. everything Although, about each other. They know everything about each other. I don't I, think one has an advantage over the other. No, it, it would be. I mean, just from a neutral point of view, fantastic. But you know that I'm I'm not neutral about the Patriots being a Dolphins guy, AFC East. So, man, I... Uh, Wouldn't that I, be a great matchup? I mean, just, you know... Oh, it would be. It would be. I just, they were man, together you know, for 20 years. I'll, I'll be honest. I, I'm not even sure the Patriots make the playoffs this year. I, I know it, it sounds like a blasphemous thing to say, but you know, and, I mean, with, with all the players they lost, with all the players that opted out for the season, mm-hmm. yep. you know, a big question for them will be, can Cam Newton stay healthy? Because he yep. struggled with that in recent years. Maybe if Cam Newton can stay healthy for... For 16 plus games, uh, they might get into the playoffs, but I, I think the Bills look like the team to beat in the AFC East. I'm not even going to completely sleep, sleep on the Miami Dolphins, even though I, I don't see the Dolphins making the playoffs. But man, I uh, if push comes to shove, I'm, I'm not even expecting the Pats to be in the playoffs. But if they get there, you're right. A Patriots Buccaneers Super Bowl with the Brady versus Belichick storyline, that would be saucy. That'll be incredible. I yeah, I don't know if one has the, I maybe it, maybe Belichick has an advantage because Brady's got twenty years in the league and that's a lot of mileage on one body. He's not the same guy he was, but he's got the brains. He's got you know, he's got the intelligence. He's seen every single thing that can happen in the NFL. Um, but that would be I mean, just for a pure football point of view, that would be an incredible matchup. I mean, as compelling as any could be. So you know, for, and, and neither uh, one would have a, a soundbite about the other. I mean, it would just be boring. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, behind the scenes, you would just love to see the game planning. It, where, where 
Brady is, you know, his brain is just ticked by the coaches of, of, uh, you know, on the Buccaneer staff. By the way, for uh, for entertainment purposes only, because I, I, I may or may not be considering <laughs> placing a, 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 a quote-unquote friendly wager on this, but Kansas City Chiefs are nine-point favorites tonight at home, but it's the season opener. I, I don't know. W- w- which way would you go on that, Frito? Do you give me think, the points. Do you, think the, do you think the Chiefs win by more than nine? No, give me the points. I want nine yeah. points. That's, that seems like an awful lot. Uh, and, I'm you know thinking what? the same that's thing. A, that's a case where maybe – so the bullies are just, uh, or Tom Coward calls them the wise guys. Uh, you know, that might be a case where they're just baiting you to take those points. They want you to no. take those points. And, you know, when a bet looks too good to be true, like, oh, my God, give me Deshaun Watson a nine, they'll probably lose by 26. Yeah. Well, no, because I'm, I'm trying to be uh, responsible with my, you know, Monopoly money because I, I, do, I do have a, uh, hypothetically, I may have a, a friendly wager on the Miami Hurricanes to win by more than 13 and a half <laughs> points tonight because I, I don't know, man, against UAB, who, whose defense does not look great, and I think Miami's speed on defense will expose their offense. I'm feeling pretty good about the Hurricanes winning by at least two touchdowns tonight. Uh, I actually thought that that number was surprisingly low. So I thought, you know, I've, I've got some of this play for entertainment purposes only Monopoly money. Maybe, maybe I'll throw a few bucks at that. I think I might just say, you know what, let, let me just keep that on the board, be responsible. I don't need to get crazy with this NFL stuff tonight, but I don't know, man. Big 12 o'clock hour coming up. I want to talk about the some of the challenges that rookie players will have in the National Football League this year. You're listening to the Dono and Frito Show here on Sirius XM Channel 145 Slam Radio. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Man, I love my kids so much. I once sat for three hours in the cold rain to watch her soccer team lose by 18 goals. I love my kids so much, I once used a tube to suck snot out of her stuffed nose at 3 a.m. You win. Love your kids? Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat. From toddlers to tweens, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to find the right seat for their age and size. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and whatever, just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. We'll be back with the Dono and Frito Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. Hey, man, if, look, if they pick up Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo too, I'll, I'll be fine with him. But I'm just looking. I'm looking at the different angles. It doesn't. You I don't call know. him that. I call him Tunga Vailoa. Whatever you want to call him. Listen, I don't know if they're 100% sold on Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa is the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. How can you get that name so perfect? Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tua. I can't do it. I'm done. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa. 
That sounds much better that way. <laughs> Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. It's important for you to talk to someone about it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. If it wasn't for Michael Jordan getting cut from his ninth grade basketball team, he wouldn't have became Michael Jordan. <laughs> you know, if it wasn't for, uh, I seen an, an article the other day where they were talking about Oprah Winfrey and how she got fired because she wasn't good for television. You know, you got people like Walt Disney who got fired, if I'm not mistaken, from a newspaper saying he had no imagination. So what do you tell him? You tell him, you know? You know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you got to take those losses. You got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, rico. You know, this is what it's all about. And not only that, it's never about making it, guys. It's always about maintaining it. That's the toughest part. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. This is WWE Superstar The Big Show, and you're listening to Slam Radio. For every sport of every kind, tune in here where you will find. And now we're back with the Donovan Frito Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. You know, Frito, uh, it's the Dono and Frito show here on Sirius XM Slam Radio. I was thinking this week that, you know, even though we, we know he's not starting game one, I'm talking about Tua, and I, I don't think we'll see him start for the Dolphins until late in the year, unless Ryan Fitzpatrick has injury troubles this season. I think they're really going to ease Tua in slowly. But I was thinking this week that, man, like the, the buzz for Tua is maybe not as hype as I thought it would be a few days before the season starts. You know, same thing for Joe Burrow. And we, we got to remember there was no preseason this year. Like, Frito, can, can you imagine, had we had preseason games? Because we would have seen, I'm sure, even though they're being very careful with Tua because of the injury trouble that he came off of last year and the hip surgery that he had, we would have seen him take some snaps in preseason. Like, we would have seen him play in the preseason at some point. And, you know, if, if this was a normal year, if this wasn't a pandemic season and you had – you know, preseason stadiums full of fans. Can you imagine the sort of ovations at Hard Rock Stadium that Tua Tungo-Vailoa would have gotten and how much buzz there would have been? But, you know, the Tua hype was limited essentially to official videos of him throwing a few footballs from the Dolphins' Twitter account, right? right? Because, you know, we didn't even have training camp practices open to fans. We just had the Dolphins' social media team you know, tweeting out a few videos of Tua throwing in drills like that. That's the only thing we had to build up this Tua hype for a few videos. Yeah. And, you know, I, I tell you, as a guy who covered football, I didn't mind the fact that there were no preseason games. I didn't miss those uh, at all. The only ones worth anything is, is the third one. But yeah, there would have been a lot of hype. I, 
I don't think with Brian Flores, I don't think he's going to succumb to any public pressure. He'll put him in when he thinks he's ready. Um, and the thing I like is Ryan Fitzpatrick realizes this, obviously. And he's he, there's going to be a time this season when Flores is going to have a private meeting with Fitzpatrick and say, all right, you know, it's, it's to his time right now. And you know what? Fitzpatrick is going to be the, the good soldier and do anything and everything he can to help Tua. I think Tua is in a fantastic spot right now. Not only can he learn from the guy, but the guy has his back. And yeah. not many veterans, you know, I'll, I'll give you an example. When, uh, when Aaron Rodgers, he slipped to number 24 overall, first round pick for, for Green Bay out of uh, Cal. And from everything I read, Brett Favre did nothing to help this guy. I mean, yeah. absolutely nothing. And Favre and even made a point, because I can remember Favre being interviewed, you know, during Aaron Rodgers' first couple of years. And he made a point to say, it's not my job to help this guy. Like, I, he, yeah. he's, you know, essentially Favre is saying, he's, he's trying to take my job from me. I'm not going to help him. And, I mean, I guess, like, okay, I, I guess from a competitive standpoint, I mean, I, I'm not say I completely disagree with that mindset, but it's refreshing when you hear from older quarterbacks. I mean, okay, and a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, you can't really compare him to Brett Favre. You know, Favre is a Hall of Famer. Okay. Fitzpatrick is a journeyman. But still, Fitzpatrick's attitude of going the extra mile to help young quarterbacks. He tried to help Josh Rosen last year. Apparently that didn't really pay off. I'm sure he's going to try and help Tua Tungavailoa this year. He may have better results with that. It's refreshing to me when you see a guy like Fitzmagic who has, you know, no ego, um, even if this is a guy trying to take his job, like he's, he's just a nice, genuine guy who wants to help the next generation of player. I love it. Well, I, I haven't read anything about this and I should, uh, go and look. How has Favre reacted to Jordan Love being picked? Remember, he's he was the number one mm-hmm. number one pick for Green Bay, is, and not Favre. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is Rodgers, Aaron yeah. Rodgers taking Jordan Love under his wing, or is he treating him the same way that Favre treated Rodgers? You know, and I'm only speculating here, but Aaron Rodgers seems like the type of guy who's probably not going to help him too much. I mean, do you get that same set? And and I'm, I'm a lot of this Frito. I'm basing on the fact that. Aaron Rodgers is estranged from his estranged from his entire family. Yeah. And okay, I, I don't know if that's maybe more the family's fault than his fault. But when I've heard these stories that his brother, uh, Jordan Rodgers, has told about, like when when their their mother who lives in California, like her home, she was displaced from her home because of the wildfires. Right. Like a- Aaron didn't even reach out to her to see, like, Mom, are you okay? How are you doing? And and that was something that made his brother really upset. I don't know, man. Maybe it's unfair for me to write this dude. Avi, tremendous player, Aaron Rodgers, but he doesn't strike me as the type of person who's going to go out of his way to help Jordan Love. Didn't he break up with Danica Patrick too? I mean, did he? First- uh, I don't know. I remember he uh, he was with Olivia Wilde. Olivia Munn. Oh, Olivia, Olivia, no, Olivia Nunn. Nunn. You're right. Olivia Nunn. Munn. Smoke- I think M U N N. Yeah, Olivia no, Munn. married show. to Jason Sudeikis, and uh, yeah. and yeah, Olivia was on a net, uh, uh, not network, um, newsroom, yeah. on HBO. And uh, real quick, can I can I do my apropos of nothing for a minute? Please, I love this. Apropos of nothing, how you doing on The Sopranos? I just brought up HBO. I am on. Uh, you know, I, I told you yesterday I expected to be done with season two by, or I told you last week I expected to be done by season two. Didn't quite get that far, but I am on episode. I think I just finished episode eleven of season two. So this is where, what's that? 
It's called house arrest. I yeah, think. this is where this is where Tony's lawyer is telling him to to to, to you know go back to his office at Barone Sanitation to kind of pretend to be in in legitimate business. Uh, that's where I'm at right now. It's funny because I told you to do this t- talking Sopranos podcast, and they go through one episode at a time, and they go through Steve Sharippa, who played Big Pussy. I mean, and I, not Big Pussy, he played uh, Bobby Bacala. Yeah, he was best on our show, and Michael Imperioli, who played Christopher Maltasanti. And they go through every scene of every episode. They're on house arrest now, and they're talking about that. And um, where was I going with this? Um, And they said the guy that plays Dick Barone, the head of that sanitation, in real life, before he became an actor, was a captain in the New York City Police Department. Oh, wow. Yeah. He was, and that's a a very high position to rise as a captain. So he was a, a cop, as later. Uh, I don't remember a guy who was a capo later in the series named Carlo. Uh, he was a capo and, uh, and um, he was also in the New York city police for, for 20 years. So they, they bring cops in, they bring, they, they bring these guys in and then all of a sudden they become actors. And, uh, and uh, so, yeah, that, that's a, that's a very good episode. I love the episode and uh, I'm glad you're watching it. You saw bust out, which is where David Scatino, they lost everything in his store. Right. That was the yeah. episode before that. And uh, I, I felt kind of like it, it's weird. Like I think I think the David character is so good because you kind of feel bad for him at first, but then you realize you shouldn't because th- this is this is a degenerate who gambled his whole life away. And I love when uh, when when his uh, his brother-in-law Vic, who you know had the mm-hmm. little had the little thing with Carmela, when, when Vic sits down with David at the bar and said like whatever the line was like you disgust me or whatever when he because 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 right. uh, David gambled away eric's college fund and, and that's when i realized like, okay i felt bad for this dude for a couple minutes but you gambled away your child like your child is yeah. about to go to georgetown and not only did you take his car from him to give it to tony to try and appease your your debt but you also literally gambled away your son's college fund that's when it man like i it made me feel bad for feeling bad for david because at that point i said okay this character is dead to me now you're dead to me david well, you know, Bobby, Steve Schrippa, who plays Bobby Bacala, said, as he's going through that episode, he goes, I don't feel sorry for that guy at all. Not a bit. Yeah. He did this. He did this to himself. And it is a sickness. No, no question about that. But the, one of the things I remember about that bar scene, it was a great scene. Robert Patrick was a terrific actor as, uh, as David Scatino. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but Vic had that little thing, that little kissing scene with, with Carmela uh, in the bathroom. And you know, who knows where that would have gone. He was supposed to go over the next day and she was going to make this, this fancy lunch as, you know, after he's working. And then uh, David Scatino says to his brother-in-law, you know, I got in a debt with some bad people, Tony Soprano, Tony bleeping Soprano. And he goes, you have no idea. Like some of his guys came over to my place. You have no idea what dead eyes look like. And, and, and Vic quickly realizes I'll probably be tortured if I'm ever caught with this guy's wife and cuts it off immediately, immediately. He's done. That he says like, over to the Browns because up to that point, like Vic had some balls, Frito, because even uh, because his uh, his sister in law, David's wife, had like had had already warned him. He's like because he had said something about Carmela being a really nice lady, and then the sister in law said, "It's like hold on, you know who she's married to." Tony Soprano. So he knew, like he, okay. I'm assuming he knew who Tony Soprano was. So he knew that she was married to a gangster. So he was willing to go a certain point, even despite that, but it wasn't until David talked about his experience that he said, Nope, not for me. And he said, look, once I hear, you know, one person's married, that's it. And you know, once I see that ring, 
And 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 his sister says, "Be careful! That ring probably came off a dead person." Yeah, <laughs> that, was that was a great line. There's some great funny lines in that show. Yeah. So. Oh, man. Well, you've seen, but you've seen The Sopranos before, right? This is yeah, not I've your seen first. It. Time. I've seen it uh, twice through before, but it, I think the last time before I'm, I'm running through it again now. The last time I had actually gone through it was like 2009, so it's been a yeah. long time. Well, you're two or three episodes away from. Uh, uh, a movie when they uh or an episode when they when they kill big pussy and mm-hmm. uh and then the podcast they're gonna have vincent pistori they played him uh as a guest on that show to talk about That's that cool and so, you know, so you have, think, have they have right. they done that one yet or they're getting no that one? they're getting it two more weeks so they're on house arrest which is episode 11 or 13 in the season so in two weeks and um They'll they'll have that. Um, so so they happen to have just done the one from the episode I last watched. Yes, that's and interesting. I'm still, I'm wow. still watching a podcast because it's a long one. Um, they had as a guest on. Sometimes they have guests on the show, and other times they don't. They have a guy named Louis Lombardi who played that FBI agent Skip, uh, whatever his name was, the guy that turned big pussy. Yeah, the guy that big, and uh, he was talking about stories about this and that, and. Um, and uh, yeah, so th- this podcast, I always watch the video of it on YouTube. You're gonna talking Sopranos, and um, so it's like it's like two and a half hours long. It's longer so, than the episodes. Wow. It's oh, funny. much longer. Yeah. yeah. So I'll, I'll watch it throughout the week. I'll watch a half hour here, half hour there, and it's you know it's it's just great fun, and they tell stories from you know behind the scenes stuff that you just you just never know, never knew that uh, you know that that happened. It's really cool stuff. I'll tell you another show that I started watching uh, with my wife. So we're going to get through it more slowly because, you know, we got to, we got to match up our schedules to be able to watch up shows together. I I can't, I can't, we can't really binge together. I I don't know if you ever, if you ever watched this movie, Frito, but this was, uh, you know, mid eighties, one of the most cult classic. Did you ever watch the karate kid? Yeah. A long time ago, but uh, yeah. And uh, I mean, when it first came out, I did. Have you heard, have you heard heard of the show Cobra Kai? Yeah, yeah. Hawk keeps talking about that, Cobra Kai. It's really fun. I mean, we're we're only two episodes in, the wife and I. We started watching it a couple nights ago. But it's really cool because it's, you know, it's all the original cast. I mean, no, no Elizabeth Shue. Uh, and I don't know, maybe she'll come in at some point. I don't know. But you've got... You've got no Pat Morita either. <laughs> well, yeah, fair. <laughs> and, and, they do, and they do address that because, you know, even... Because Pat Morita has passed, and and you know they and they mentioned that you know Mr. Miyagi is is no longer is no longer with yeah, us. Yeah, I know him as Arnold of Happy Days, the guy that owned uh, Al or Arnold, 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 and then Al took over. Yeah, but uh, yeah, he uh, he passed away a few years ago. Yeah, but no, but it, it's a really fun show before because uh, you know they have uh, you know jo- Johnny Lawrence and uh, and Daniel Larusso are, are both back, you know, playing their their much older selves because it's been what thirty plus years. Yeah, uh, Ralph Macchio, he's got to be. I'll, I'll look it up. I'll bet he's over fifty now. He's got to be. He's got to be. He, he looks great. I mean, uh, whereas uh, Billy Zapka, who played Johnny Lawrence, he's in great shape, but like the face is a little more weathered. He's got like more of like a Sean Penn type of look. Whereas, uh, whereas uh, Ralph Macchio, like still, he's got a very youthful. I mean, he looks. He's probably around fifty, right? But he, he looks really good for his age. He is. Oh my God. Old. He he's older than I am by a couple really? of months. He's fifty eight years old. He I mean he looks fantastic for fifty eight. And can you um, look up how old uh, Billy Zapka is, or maybe yeah, yeah you and, and, and you you want to feel old? Macaulay Culkin has just turned forty. Okay, who am I looking uh, up? Billy who? Uh, oh, Billy, Billy Zapka. Zapka. Yeah. Which one did he play? 
the guy was that he the, picked at the end? He was Johnny yeah, the Lawrence, guy, the, the guy yeah, that yeah, faced yeah. him in the karate tournament. How old do you think he is? I'll, I'll put it this way. He's, he's got a birthday in a month. How old will he be in a month? Uh, 56. You're off by a year, 55. 50, okay, so he's young, it's interesting. So he's younger than Dan, mm-hmm. so he's that much younger than Daniel LaRusso. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. And, and and yeah, I mean he he's in incredible shape. Like you can tell that that dude must work out every day for the last 30 years. But the face, the face is more he's got oh. more of the catcher's myth thing going on with the face. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, you you 30 some years, you can't relate to that. Yeah. You know, come come see me in 20 in some years if I'm even around and yeah, see what you look like and see what you look like compared to right now. 20 years from now, I'll be 78 yeah. years old. I don't know about that. We'll see. We'll, we'll still be see. doing the show. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's like I really appreciate the the Cobra Kai show because they it, it's it's like serious enough that the show is not like it's not like a parody. It's not a joke. Like it's serious enough, but it also takes a kind of a fun look on the Karate Kid mythology that. I'm really enjoying. I mean, you've seen the movie before. If you ever want to watch this show, maybe maybe give the movie like a watch through because yeah. a lot of what happens in the show kind of I, relates back to the movie. You know, I'm, I'm just I've got no excuse whatsoever. I've got all this time. As you know, I'm not working right now. I'm playing house husband, and uh, you know, That's I'm watching the kids while they're in school. My wife is working, and it's a joint decision we both made. So I've got all the time in the world. You know, I should be binge watching this stuff. Yeah. The last show I binge watched was House of Cards. I made it through season three and then I stopped for some reason. Mm. And I should continue, but if I do, I've got to go back and watch probably season three because there's so much I forgot about what happened. It was a fabulous show. Yeah, I had the same problem with House of Cards in that, and I loved it. Don't get except the final season once. Uh, once well, I don't uh, think I'd watch the final season. Yeah, the, the, the final season was a huge, huge letdown because you just you couldn't like they should have ended it after you know Kevin Spacey his whole thing. They should have just ended the show. Right. But now I had I had kind of the same issue that if you take a really long gap between seasons, so much happened, such an eventful show, and there's so many details that yeah, you know your memory gets a little zonked. All right, we're going to continue. Till one o'clock today. You're listening to the Dono and Frito show here on Sirius XM channel 145 Slam Radio. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Man, I love my kids so much. I once sat for three hours in the cold rain to watch her soccer team lose by 18 goals. I love my kids so much, I once used a tube to suck snot out of her stuffed nose at 3 a.m. You win. Love your kids? Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat. From toddlers to tweens, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to find the right seat for their age and size. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and whatever, just don't text and drive. Visit stoptextsstoprex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. We'll be back with the Dono and Frito Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. 
Good morning, amigo. And then I'd have one more question for him. Did you take steroids? Calm down. Did you take steroids? Why? How can I but do all of that and then not ask him? But why would you do that? You're not going to answer that question. Why would you answer such a question? Why not? I'm asking him. I bet he answers the other two very nicely of without course. a problem. Yeah, so why can't he answer the last one? He's going to hang up on us. Why can't he answer the last one? He's going to hang up on us. Just tell me, no, he didn't. I'm giving him an opportunity for me to no longer judge this based on what I heard from one person in the New York Times. I don't want to believe it. He didn't take steroids. He ate us. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio. My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. It's important for you to talk to someone about it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. If it wasn't for Michael Jordan getting cut from his ninth grade basketball team, he wouldn't have became Michael Jordan. <laughs> You know, if it wasn't for, uh, I seen an, an article the other day where they were talking about Oprah Winfrey and how she got fired because she wasn't good for television. You know, you got people like Walt Disney who got fired, if I'm not mistaken, from a newspaper saying he had no imagination. So what do you tell them? You tell them, you know? You know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's gonna do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you gotta take those losses, you gotta take those hits. There's gotta be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, you know, this is what it's all about. And not only that, it's never about making it, guys. It's always about maintaining it. That's the toughest part. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. This is WWE Superstar The Big Show, and you're listening to Slam Radio. And now we're back with the Donovan Frito Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Man, I sure hope that my Miami Hurricanes do a little bit better than the Miami Marlins did yesterday, who lost 29 to 9 in a Major League Baseball game. You were telling me, Frito, that uh, give 29 runs, National League record, one off the Major League record. Who was it that scored 30 runs at one point? Texas, I don't remember who. I read, I, I read after a look it up. I don't remember who they scored 30 off of, but, uh, you know, they scored 30 points or 30 runs. That's back in 2007. But, you know, the good thing about it is it doesn't matter if you lose by one run or by 20 runs. Like, it's still, it's the same L, right? I mean, it really, at the end of the day on the record, it really doesn't matter how badly you were humiliated. It only counts for one loss. The second most runs since 1900. Wow. So baseball must have been Orioles. Like, baseball through 1899 must have been lit. Like, can you imagine, like, like post-Civil uh, War, they were scoring, like, 35, 40 runs? It, it was yeah. like, uh, 
It was like a really bad little league game, like back in that. I would have loved that if they were lighting it up back then. Yeah, my, my, I just, I can't imagine. I mean, if you're watching this game, if I was covering that game, as you're watching this, at some point you just kind of roll your eyes, like, oh my god, this is just incredible. I mean, that's just the. There are two other American League teams: have the White Sox and the Red Sox. I think that scored 29 runs, uh, but uh, but 30. I mean, that was just what 13 years ago. God, it, you know, it's one of those. It's like if you have a if you have a really bad football game. I mean, you just get blown out. Now, maybe you do this because there's so few games and every game is important. But as a coach, or maybe a basketball game. Let's use basketball. There are 82 games in a season. If your team gets blown out, you know, 150 to 49, do you even bother looking at the at the, at the video, or just say, you know what, we're we're burning this. It's we're never going to watch this game again. I think I think if you're the closer, like I, I, I even think, yeah, uh, yeah, I don't even think you bother. I, I think after that, you just say we're going to focus on our next opponent. Like it's it's pointless to relive this. Yeah, that's that's uh, me too. So that's yeah, Jordan Yamamoto. I've got to look up. I see what his ERA was to. He let up uh, like uh, uh, like twelve runs in two and two thirds innings. By the way, Frank uh, sent us a message in the chat that the Cubs defeated the Phillies. 26 to 23 in 1922 that was the most runs in a game in mlb history. that was not 1922 that's when i was alive oh really you hear about that day frank i don't know you wrote 1922 so so Fredo, you're telling me you were alive in 1922 <laughs> i frank i want you to check that date i think that date's <laughs> wrong i think i was alive really yeah how old are frank, you frank you got it 158 i'm on it i'll check oh, it okay All i'll right. double check it out oh, okay and I was at a game once when the Cubs were up 13-2 to two in the sixth inning, and they lost 18-16, 34 runs scored in one game. They also uh, played a game against the Pirates when they lost 23-22. On Friday, August 25th, 1922, in what was then called Cubs Park, the Chicago Cubs and the Philadelphia Phillies right. managed to set the post-1900 uh, record for runs scored in a single Major League Baseball game with 49 runs. Okay, I'm mistaken. I guess maybe I'm thinking of the Pirates game. They lost 23 uh, to 22. I wasn't at that oh. game, but can you imagine you, if someone says, "Yeah, your Cubs are going to score 22 runs and lose." Hmm. Wow. So, so, have you been uh, Have you been watching a lot of Cubs games? Because, admittedly, I've watched very, very little Major League Baseball this year. I, I've tuned into a handful of innings when Sixto is pitching for the Marlins because that 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 feels like event viewing for me these last couple of starts that he's had, but. I've watched very little Major League Baseball. What's the experience been like as far as no fans? You know, I know that it's a different experience for the announcers because they're not, you know, traveling on the road with their teams. Has the product looked good on TV? It's okay. You know, I'm used to the cardboard cutouts uh, and things like that. I'm, I guess, you know, when they when they show in a, you know, a wide shot with all the empty seats, that's still kind of weird, but I guess right now I'm just focusing on baseball. It's, it's weird because the numbers are going to be weird. There are only 60 games, you know, in a season. And now the Cubs magic number is less than 20. They've got like a, a three game lead over the Cardinals. And, uh, you know, it's, it, the playoffs are going to happen and they start in like uh, in three weeks, it's going to, wow. it's, it's going to be uh, the playoffs. And it's going to be weird. You know, look, I mean, I, I guess I would consider them or anybody else who wins the world series, champions because no team has an advantage over the other every team is playing uh you know is in the same boat uh 
I would, and then look at the Heat. I mean, raise your hand if you thought they were going to be in the Eastern Conference Finals and defeat the number one seed Milwaukee. Uh, four games. Yeah, you you did tweet that out. I saw your tweet. <laughs> uh, you said Heat and five. Um, but well, you're the the, the anomaly. You're the you're the <laughs> outlier. But I mean, you know, look, if they win, they're gonna raise that. Uh, you know, get the trophy, their fourth trophy, and they're gonna raise that uh, championship banner in the rafters in the. Uh, you know, in, in, in the AAA. And they, I would recognize champions this year because everybody's in the same boat. No one has an advantage. Frito, the game you were talking about was played on May 17th, 1979, where the Cubs lost to the Phillies 23-22. to oh. Okay. And if you look up the 18, Cubs 18-16, losers to the Phillies, I'm going to see if you get that game. I'm going to see if I can guess that date. What was if it, I eight, can get it right. Say that again. I didn't hear the beginning part. The Phillies beat the Cubs 18-16. to and when you find that game, Google it like that. Phillies v. Cubs, eighteen sixteen. I'm gonna. I want you to let me guess that date and see if I've got it right. That was a long time ago, and I went to the game right, uh, with a buddy of mine. But I forget what we were talking about here now. The Heat. Right? Uh, well, I, I do want to. Oh, the Heat. In. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and 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 on that note, um, from a Heat standpoint, incredibly impressive putting away oh, the God. Bucks like that. And I know that I, I know in. Uh, in, in game four, Giannis Antetokounmpo re-injured the ankle. He missed most of that game. The Heat lost that one in overtime. Game five, he didn't play. The Heat put away the Bucks. But, you know, for the opening three games of the series, when Giannis mm-hmm. did play, he beat them in all three of those games when Giannis was a, a full participant in those basketball games. And the way that they defended him was incredible. Uh, I think that some of Giannis's and, and he's an incredible player, not a perfect player because the fact that he's not a great shooter, I think was exposed a little bit in that series. Uh, but, you know, moving forward, because I look at this, of course, from more of a Miami heat perspective, praising them for knocking out, you know, the winningest team in the NBA top seed in the Eastern conference, but from a Milwaukee Bucks standpoint, they can't be feeling too confident about keeping Giannis Antetokounmpo long-term. I mean, he did come out and say, for what it's worth, he's not going to hold them hostage to force a trade, but he also didn't commit to signing the Supermax extension. And if he doesn't sign that this summer, you've got a pretty good idea. He's thinking about leaving in the summer of 2021 when he becomes an unrestricted free agent. Um, my, My bottom line on this, Frito, is that Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, for as good as he is, the NBA is, it's not a team, it's not a sport where teams with one star have enough to win championships anymore. No. You, you've got to be doubling or tripling up on superstars. And I just can't see in a market like Milwaukee how you can make that happen. Because for as good as Giannis is, I don't, I don't expect free agents to be lining up to go play in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I, I think unfortunately for, for him, or maybe fortunately for him, I think he's going to have to go, you know, ha- have to go uh, to, to a, a bigger market, a more established squad to win championships. I, I can't see him staying there. Well, and, and, and I'm not disagreeing with you, but it, it's just, I was thinking as you were saying that if you go up the road, so to speak, you know, here's a team like green Bay by far the fullest, the smallest market in the NFL and yet they have a guy named Rogers and they kept resigning him, resigning him. And for a long time, they were very competitive. I'll tell you when they became really something besides they traded for Brett Favre, but what really, really put them on the map as far as being a contender was Reggie White. Reggie White became a yes. free agent 
and it was a four-year, like $17 million contract, something that seems incredibly small, uh, you know, right now compared to the salaries now. But Reggie White went from Philadelphia. You're going to go play in Green Bay? And yet that really put them on the map that, like, oh, my God, this tiny little market uh, can attract players. So, you know, can Milwaukee? I don't know. It's obviously a much bigger uh, metropolitan area than than Green Bay. It's not huge, but it's better than that. But, you know, I part of me would like to see him come down here to Miami. Part of me would like for Milwaukee to remain competitive because they are an underdog city. You know, they aren't – you don't think of them as this glamorous – city that can just say all right come play for us if, if the money's right right you know, you know a, a place that i even one of the the places that's mentioned that could be on Giannis's short list are the toronto raptors we've mm-hmm. really seen a change in their basketball culture and they're about to play in a game seven against the boston yep. celtics they they forced game seven with, with an overtime victory yesterday two overtime, right two overtime yeah uh, so, it, it, and even it, it's kind of ironic because them winning that championship with Kawhi Leonard, who then left, still seems to have made them more of a destination now as a basketball culture for free agents. And I, I've almost kind of wondered why Toronto has not been a bigger player in free agency for the last 20 years. I'm guessing it has a lot to do with the taxes in Canada are, are higher than than most uh, most places in the U.S. and I don't know, maybe guy, maybe a lot of guys who are American just don't like the idea of playing in another country. I'm not sure what it is. It may be the tax stuff because I've never been there personally. Maybe you have, but everyone tells me Toronto is an incredible city. Like it's it it like New York City north of the border. Like it seems like a place where you, it's not like you're going to the backwoods of maple country in Canada. Like this no, no, is no, a, no. a booming metropolis. I used to tag along with Jackie when she'd go on her veterinarian conferences. They have them all the country and one was in Toronto. And so, you know, when she's in class, I'm exploring the city as much as I could. It was freezing then. It was absolutely freezing, but it was a, it's a beautiful city. I, if, you know, if someone said, Oh, do you, you know, do you want to go live in Toronto? I would, I really yeah, would. It's that, that is that gorgeous. It's fantastic. And um, you know, except for the freezing weather yeah, was, true. was really bad, but I could see, that could attract people that really could, because it's just, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous, uh, uh, area. The so. thing I would have trouble with is, um, you know, there, there would be certain adult responsibilities that I would need to take care of in, in winter that I just don't know how to do. Like I, I I'm a South Floridian my entire life. Like, I, I don't know, like, what do you do with your tires when it's snowing? Do you put chains on them? Do you have different tires? Some people have snow tires. You have to like scrape the ice off your windshield. Yeah. Like I, I don't know yep. how to do any of this stuff. You, you have to shovel your <laughs> snow. Like I, I, if I moved into a neighborhood in Toronto, my neighbors would like try to get me kicked out because I, I don't know how to do any of this stuff in winter. Like I, I don't know how to. I don't have any warm clothes. Like I, I wouldn't know what to do. The girls want to go see snow. They've never seen it, and we tell them. I, I tell them we will, but they have no idea how cold it can get. Jackie, my wife, is from Trinidad, moved here when she was 16 to Miami. She'd never seen snow except from, you know, a distance when, you know, on mountains or something. Mm-hmm. So I took her to Colorado, Breckenridge, for her 39th birthday. I, I love, I've been there. I love that spot. Oh, Breckenridge is yeah, awesome. Yeah. And, um, but, yeah, yeah I would, I'd love to see you in snow because you would be lost. Except when we went to Toronto, and I grew up in snow, but I haven't, you know, I've been down here for 24 years. 
And this was back in 2011 we went and we decided to go see Niagara Falls and it was snowing and the roads weren't plowed very well. The highway wasn't, and it, I had trouble. I mean, I'm driving really carefully. I haven't driven in weather like that mm-hmm. in years. And so I'm driving so carefully. And if you hit a patch of ice, if you drive on ice, that's, I mean, you, you you're at complete mercy of the gods because oh you can just God. slide and you have no control or driving in snow is one thing, but, uh, it, and it just, it, it was so cold on Niagara Falls. We couldn't even find anybody to take our picture. I got, <laughs> I'll show you a picture sometime. It just were freezing. So I took my, Jackie's picture. She took mine and we got back in the car right away. It was just brutally cold. When you went to Niagara Falls, uh, I've never been there. Were you on the Canadian American side? Because people no, always say the Canadian side is nicer, right? Oh, wait, we were on. Yeah, I think we were on the American side, even though we were staying in Toronto. I think we went oh. to the Americans. I, okay. I can't remember. It's been a, it's been a while, but, um, you know, just did, did you have Falls to like, like when you're going back and forth, did you have to like show your passport? Like was there, was there oh, like sure. yeah, customs I'm and sure. border patrol? And yeah, oh yeah, you had to go through. Yeah, you absolutely had to go through that. Then my, hmm. the next year we went to Seattle and no, that was before I went to Seattle and Vancouver, but my passport expired in 2012. I never renewed it until last fall. I thought, well, if we're thinking of going to Europe, I better renew it. I finally did. And now no one wants Americans anyway. You sorry, you can't come here. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. <laughs> Actually, it's funny because probably if I if I wanted to travel anywhere anytime soon, I I have an Italian passport. I would have to use that because then yeah. they say okay. But but then I think like if I travel with only the Italian passport, then I would need to have like the right paperwork to get back into America. So it's a whole, it's a whole thing. Cause that, that happened to me once Frito. I nearly, uh, there, there was like a years ago, I took a, a trip to Europe with my family. Cause we used to go a lot, like pretty much every summer, but there was one summer when my American passport was expired, but my mm-hmm. Italian passport wasn't. So we just thought, Oh, you know, and my, my, my other family members, they had, you know, their American passports were good, you know, but mine was expired for some reason. So I was traveling only with my Italian passport. And when I was trying to, you know, fly back into this country, they didn't want to let me on the plane because I guess I needed like a visa in addition to the passport. So, and and this was like the middle of the night, like in American time, because it was, you know, Italy six hours ahead. They had to like get somebody on the phone, like from (laughs) the American consulate or something just to just to let me get on that plane all right we will wrap up the dono and frito show this wonderful football thursday edition when we come back here on sirius xm channel 145 slam radio hey look what i found a radio radio this is sirius xm 145 slam radio there are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases wash your hands Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Man, I love my kids so much. I once sat for three hours in the cold rain to watch her soccer team lose by 18 goals. I love my kids so much, I once used a tube to suck snot out of her stuffed nose at 3 a.m. 
You win. Love your kids? Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat. From toddlers to tweens, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to find the right seat for their age and size. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and whatever, just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. We'll be back with the Donovan and Frito Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. And then I'd have one more question for him. Did you take steroids? Hold on. Did you take steroids? Why, how can I but do all would, of that and then not ask him? But why would you do that? He's not going to answer that question. Why would you answer such a question? Why not? I'm asking him. I bet you he answers the other two very nicely of without course. a problem. Yeah, so why can't he answer the last up. one? He's going to hang up on us. Why can't he answer the last one? He's hang up on us. Just tell me no, he didn't. I'm giving him an opportunity for me to no longer judge this based on what I heard from one person in the New York Times. I don't want to believe it. He didn't take steroids. He platanos. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. It's important for you to talk to someone about it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. If it wasn't for Michael Jordan getting cut from his ninth grade basketball team, he wouldn't have became Michael Jordan. <laughs> You know, if it wasn't for, uh, I seen an, an article the other day where they were talking about Oprah Winfrey and how she got fired because she wasn't good for television. You know, you got people like Walt Disney who got fired, if I'm not mistaken, from a newspaper saying he had no imagination. So what do you tell them? You tell them, you know? You know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's gonna do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you got to take those losses. You got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, que rico. You know, this is what it's all about. And not only that, it's never about making it, guys. It's always about maintaining it. That's the toughest part. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Yo, this is K-9, and you're listening to Slam Radio, Series 6M145. And now we're back with the Donovan Frito Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Yeah, Donovan Frito Show here at Sirius XM Channel 145 Slam Radio. All right, so Frito, Frank the Tank has the the date to verify because you, you had mentioned you know a game. Uh, I'll, I'll let you take it away, but a game you attended many, many, many moons ago, a Cubs Phillies game that you can remember without looking it up the exact date of that game. Are you ready, sir? 
Yeah, the, the Cubs, uh, and I got it right. The Cubs were up 13 to 2 after six innings. Frank, turn on your mic. You can verify that, uh, that I was right on this one. So, sixth inning, what was the score? 13 to 2. Exactly. Cubs were up. Exactly. Is that right? It was 13 to 4, actually, in the sixth inning. Oh, well, okay. All right. Well, my mistake. So, I was off Uh-oh. of that. I'm going to guess the date, though. Let's we'll right. see if I'm right. April 17th, 1976. Right on the money. Oh my God. Right on the money. Wow. It's <laughs> impressive, man. So I was 14. What was my buddy, the one who eventually took me to a World Series game oh. and, uh, and brought us a front row seat? He and I, we, we, he and I used to go to games constantly. And so we were, uh, we were at that game. It, imagine, I mean, it was still a tremendous game, but it was so disappointing. You know, you think you got the game in the bag yeah. and, and you got that big a lead and you just see it. But you know, just, that's when you just, when you're watching sports, even though you're not in the game, you're watching it and you just feel that shift in momentum. It can happen in any sport you're talking about. I mean, imagine, you know, here's Atlanta up 28 to three in a Super Bowl, and in like the third quarter, and as Brady and the, and the Patriots are coming back, you know, even Arthur Blank, the owner of the Falcons, came down on the field, and he's all smiling, we're up 25 points. Yep. And you probably, if you were there on the sideline or in the stand, certainly on TV, you can just feel the air coming out of the bag, and all of a sudden – Oh my God, we can't cut off Brady and you know and Belichick, and you could just feel that momentum shift, and it's like like you're going down, and there's nothing you can do about it. And, and it's crazy because like that game, that Super Bowl is considered one of the greatest Super Bowl games of a generation, if not all time. Yet for Atlanta Falcons fans, it was one of the worst days of their lives, right? Oh, and, and you'll never get over it. You'll never get over it. And there's certain things like that. Like, Frito, I'm, I'm a big Miami Dolphins fan. And I think it was in, in 2000 when the miracle on Monday night happened, when the Jets came back to beat the Dolphins in a Monday night football game in overtime. Like, that, that is always – whenever they do those countdown lists of greatest Monday night games ever, that always makes a strong appearance on the list. But as a Dolphin fan – it was one of the worst Monday night football games I've ever experienced. So it's like, it, it, it's not, it doesn't feel good to be on the wrong side of history like that. I've got a funny story about that. You know, you and I live down here in Miami, so we know these places. Yeah. I was at the North Miami or North Miami beach ale house on 163rd oh, street yeah, of course. Yeah. between US one and, and, and a one a, and you know, I didn't want the Jets to win. I had been down here a few years, not a terribly long time, but uh, you know, I started to get, yeah, I was getting to know everybody in the media. And I was sitting at the bar was packed. But I was sitting there by myself. I was just watching the game and, a, and, a, and a, a booth or not too far from me. And I knew him at that point was Eric Reed, the heat announcer, the heat oh, play-by-play yeah. play announcer. And, and he and I were talking back and forth, drawing back and forth mostly. And I want to say hi to him. Great guy. Phenomenal guy. Is he a Jets fan? He's a huge Jets fan. He's I wearing a, so. Jet, yeah. a Jets t-shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so God, did I give him crap for <laughs> three quarters or whatever it was. And then the Jets started coming back, and he gave it right back. And I, I didn't mind it uh, all. So you give it, you just got to take it. There's just oh, no, sure. no other way. And so I remember that. I'll bet if I remind him of that next time I see him, he'll absolutely remember that uh, that night. So that was just, uh, you know, he felt awful at first. And then they came back, and they won. That was Jumbo Elliott, I think. The yes, Jumbo Elliott, yeah. So. Yeah, and another one that uh, that I, I can recall that you know gets so much play, and and it, you know I I don't even think I was uh, alive or barely born when this game happened, so it's not like that sore of a memory. But the Hale Flutie game always gets so much play, right? From 1984, and you know for me as a Hurricanes fan, it annoys me every time they play that clip of Doug Flutie, the Hail Mary. It, it annoys me when I see that, 
it's not as much of a sensitive spot as I have for, for the miracle on Monday night. Cause I, you know, I was, I was alive and well watching that game. I wasn't, I, I was born in 84. So I wasn't too wrapped up in that 84 Miami versus Boston college game, but it's still painful. You were pooping your diaper. Let's be honest. Do you remember Seriously. who, who flew you through the touchdown to? No, I don't. And it's not Gerald. People say Gerald. It's Gerard Phelan. Oh, really? Yes. And, totally, uh, and that's, totally who, forgot the, about that. and that's who we, uh, through the, uh, and that really, that cemented the Heisman Trophy for Doug Oh, Gordon. yeah, for sure. You know, that was it. And uh, that, yeah, I remember that pass. It was just incredible, uh, you know, see, seeing that play. And for Hurricane fans, obviously, you didn't, you know, know anything at the time. You were one year old. Uh, you're less than that. Uh, yeah, that yeah. was just uh, heartbreaking. You know, I think every team has heartbreaking losses like that. And you just, but especially Atlanta. I mean, you're a quarter away. You're, you're up 25 points and you blow it. So. Yeah, no, totally. I'm, I'm sure you've had uh, plenty of heartbreakers as a Cubs fan and, a, and, a, and as a well, Cowboys fan. God. Well, Cubs, especially Cubs, in 1984, made the playoffs for the first time in 39 years. And the, and back then, you had to win five games and you were in the World Series. And they were playing the Padres, and the Cubs won up 2 nothing in the in the series and lost the final three games. Jeez. And, and, I, and I was in my apartment in Washington, D.C. I was living there at the time. 22 years old i was 22 i was a grown man and i was i was alone watching this i was laying on the floor and i was crying i don't play years oh yeah i would have done the same thing heartbroken heartbroken but you know a few years later quite a few years later they made up for it now frito you piqued my interest during the break because you mentioned that you have a cooking story okay is this this a a personal story because yeah that's a personal Okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't cook very well. And yeah. so my wife is a very good cook, Jackie. And she, you know, and about a month, maybe five weeks ago, she made this new recipe she saw on TV, a chicken recipe. And it calls for, uh, you know, a lot of seasoning, which I like. Yeah. And a, and a generous portion of paprika, which I like. And it tasted great. The chicken was great. The gravy was great. It was fantastic. And so I asked her maybe a week ago, can you make it again? And she was happy to do it for me. She really likes that. And she was happy to do it. And so we sat down to eat, you know, we're cutting it up or whatever. And we eat the chicken. We take a bite, each of us. And it was like, you know, and I know water doesn't really work well on a very hot mouth. So I went and got some milk. Milk milk helps. I had some milk and it was hot. And we're all like, it tastes good, babe. But but this is really hot. And she agreed. And we're eating a little more, but carefully. And then I can see her and she like goes, walks quickly across the kitchen to the cabinet that has the spices. Now I'm going to quiz you guys right now before I continue the story. Forget tasting what looks a lot like paprika. Yeah, I can't think of what paprika looks like, but I'm guessing it's, it's, all, it's like an orange or brownish thing. Uh, I don't know, red pepper, cayenne well, pepper. Frank, Cayenne pepper. Cayenne pepper. And so, which is really hot. And she put a generous portion oh. on the sake of cayenne pepper wow. on, on the chicken. And, you know, steam is coming out of my ears. <laughs> and so that That's was, uh, we, I ate a little bit, but that was, that was a tough eat. There's still some in the fridge. It just was tough. I, I, you know, but, and she felt so bad. I'm like, it was an honest mistake. But boy, I, I, it was a ton of cayenne pepper on there. And that one was, that was not easy. You know, I, uh, I, I don't, I don't tend to be very macho in a lot of ways. Like I, I cry at the end of movies. I cry sometimes when my sports teams have 
catastrophic losses. But I do have one macho trigger, and that is if, if, if someone asks me how spicy I want my food, I take that as a challenge. Like my aunt, spicy as you can make it, right? I can remember one time, Frito, I was on, uh, we, we were on a, an Alaskan cruise, but it was, it was the first stop, of course, was Seattle. That's where we got on the ship from. And we actually took a couple of extra days in Seattle, beautiful place, visit oh, the great. city, all that. And a great food city, by the way, a lot of great stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and I went into this, this Thai restaurant that had gotten you know, really good reviews. I wanted to try this place. And I order a, a pad Thai and the guy mm-hmm. making it asked me, and, and I've, got, I've got a really, and I know you do as well, but I, I've got a pretty good, uh, good tolerance for spicy food, okay? But the guy asked me, how spicy do I want it? And again, the macho trigger goes off, yeah. and I tell him, spicy as you can make it. So he makes this pad thai, and I felt so awful that I had asked for it so spicy, because like Frito, it was steam, same, same with your, same with your uh, cayenne, like steam were coming out of my ears, I couldn't enjoy it. So I really felt bad that I had asked for it so spicy because I couldn't even enjoy the food. It was so hot. So it kind of ruined my experience. But that's my macho trigger. If you ask (laughs) me how spicy I want my food, I will tell you as spicy as you can make it. Well, I know we got to go here, but I used to eat spicy foods more than I do now. And we'd buy this chili packet and make chili and everything like that. And it came with a little package of cayenne pepper. And we'd add that. And this is when I could really eat spicy. And we'd add a ton more. I can't do that anymore. Wow. Well, we'll wrap it up here. Had a great time as always. Frank the Tank. Have, awesome have a good work. time at, at the at watching UM and, and happy NFL as well. Happy NFL. Great job by Frank the Tank on the other Thank side. You, Frank. Huge thanks to huge thanks to Larry the Amigo. For Frito, I'm Donald. Yep. We'll talk to you guys next week here on Sirius XM Slam Radio. The views and opinions expressed on the Dono and Frito show are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio.